Welcome to the Real Driving Man podcast. I am John Henry, and this is going to be the first episode with new equipment. Today will be an episode of self-therapy, which is where I'm just going to rant about whatever I feel like talking about. So if you're someone who's easily offended or would just like to have more concentrated knowledge on dealing with mental illness, check out my Bipolar Talk episodes or my interviews that are out. Um, And yeah, and I don't know, I usually don't, I purposefully don't have notes for when I do self-therapy, partly because I'm busy and don't have time to put together notes all the time, and partly because it's kind of fun to just try to see if I can make something work and I can be free. Um, and so today, I think I'm going to try to talk about trying my new equipment because I got a, some feedback from my mom. She's like, I can hear you breathe and take sips of, I'm just drinking uh, a Jocko Go energy drink. Um, and I don't want people to be able to hear everything. Hopefully the audio will be okay. So I don't know. We'll see where this goes. Anyway, what, what, oh yeah, I was listening to Brett Weinstein's podcast and Heather Hain, which it's a great podcast. Not that it needs uh, me to plug it, but I guess I'm gonna. They I listened to their podcast talking about. Um, I mean, they're biologists and sex and gender and stuff, which is like a huge issue today, and I don't really think it needs to be. I mean, I I'm just gonna go out and say it as someone with a mental illness. I think a lot of this trans stuff especially with kids if someone transitions as an adult i'm a little more like okay they're an adult but with the stuff with kids i mean it's it's a social contagion and this is not scientific but one of the reasons i think that is that if we're people like to say well there's just more of these people because we're more compassionate now and i'm like that's horseshit because we're definitely not more compassionate for people with bipolar and ADHD uh, for bipolar and schizophrenia adhds well it gets taken care of but People with bipolar and schizophrenia are thrown by the wayside all the time. And if you don't believe me, just look how we treated Kanye. And I'm not excusing his behavior. I'm just saying how we treated him. That's how we treat everybody with mental illness in this country. And it is... It's telling. And it's why I've always kind of... I've always butted heads with this issue. Like, well, how long have you known about it? Like, it's been around me since I was in high school. Like, 10 years. Over 10 years. Um, Because I went to a very progressive high school. And I met a lot of... I've talked about this before. I've met a lot of trans people, and I always felt like there were two. There were one that were, like, just dealing with a difficult mental illness, gender dysphoria, and were trying to fit in, and they were cool people, and they were just themselves. I was like, okay, cool. I got along with those people. But then there were others who were always trying to, like, if you messed up the pronouns, which sometimes is hard they would jump on you and make you feel like shit and we're always trying to use their issues of gender dysphoria to get what they want. And I've had mental issues my whole life and so I never bought it. I was like, everyone has issues, some more than others, and you should have the support to deal with it, but you should, you're not going to make me capitulate or, you know, bow down before you because I misspoke, especially if you're being an asshole when I made a mistake because then I don't trust you. Um, and that to be fair, I mean, life is complicated and hard, especially when you're a kid, 
but I've never, I, I've, I've, I've always thought this was social contagion. Also, basically just on the numbers, the numbers of people identifying as gender dysphoria, as people, they don't like the phrase gender dysphoria, but it is, it's a, it's a documented illness and there's numbers of it and it's it skyrocketed. I don't know the exact numbers, but it went from like a, fra- I think it was like one in 3000 um, to now it's, it's some crazy, even if it, if it went up to like 1%, that's a catastrophic increase that doesn't happen statistically unless it's a fucking miracle or some catastrophic event. And yeah, maybe I'm wrong. And if I am, yeah, I was wrong. But especially when my whole thing was, um, I've talked about before in uh, Bipolar Talk, and I'll say it here again, like mental illness is not Instagrammable. It's not something you can take a picture of, put online, and get a bunch of praise for. That's like not a healthy way to deal with it, and it's not how it works because it's a prevailing problem you have to deal with your whole life. And as soon as, like, you see that with TikTok and Instagram with, you know, kids transitioning, as soon as I saw that, I was like, yeah, this is a social contagion. Because if you took that away, if they couldn't do that, would it exist? My guess is probably not. You may be able to hear my family um, because I live with my parents and we're all very loud people. But, uh, yeah, so that's what I think about it. And I'm sympathetic to people, especially because I did. I finally met. What trans people do you know? I knew trans people. I don't, but I met one more. Um, her name is Alexa. She's a comic down in Austin, and she comes and visits Denver because of her job now and then. And I've always, I think I spoke about her before on the, on my podcast, and she is, uh, she transitioned like 2018, and very critical of this whole movement. Uh, I don't want to speak for her, so I'm not going to say her reasons, but. One of the things I noticed about her is that the fact that she's trans is obviously apparent, but she didn't bring it up the minute you started talking to her. She was a person otherwise, and that's a big flag for me. It makes more sense like if you just were diagnosed with like mental illness or you just had gender dysphoria if you talk about it a lot. So I want to cut some people a break because I've done that before when you're trying to deal with a new issue. But if you're bringing it up all the time, it's like, okay, dude, like move on. What else do you do if it's – if I take this thing away from you, are you, are you an interesting person independent of that? And that's a hard thing to do. It's very easy to identify with your mental illness, especially if that's what makes you unique. I've done that with bipolar often, and it's one thing that – it's why Taylor Thomason had a joke about this, but I've always said I have bipolar, not I am bipolar because you can't be – uh, a mental illness and that's also a way of identifying with it by saying you have it which I've always said without thinking about it you're saying this is an issue I have I have to deal with and that's a lot of people and it's easy especially when it's as invasive as bipolar or gender dysphoria to identify with that issue but you don't want to do that you want to use your resources and who you are as a person to overcome that issue and that's why you're incredible because you're you overcame the issue, not because of the issue itself. I'm always, and I should admit, I'm a very meritocratic person. I think if, I believe in meritocracy and I believe in hard work. And I've said this before, I grew up around a bunch of Koreans and Koreans put everyone to shame when it comes to hard work. 
And I realized, because um, I grew up around my, uh, I was because of martial arts, my master's son, and I saw how disciplined he was. He was a year younger than me, and I saw where he was in his uh, fields. And he was very talented naturally, but he also worked incredibly hard. And I realized that's what you got to do to, like, even if you're not talented, you can still work hard, and you'll get further than if you didn't. And especially now where you get to see everyone, everything everybody has on social media, it's really hard to just go work hard. Um, and it's why, I don't know, I'm not quite a Gen Z. I'm like, I think there's the Zennials, which is like people born from 1992 to 2000. And it's not official as none of these categories are. But I'm not quite Gen Z and I'm not quite millennial, a little bit in between. Um, so I didn't get, I've never been big on social. I mean, I love social media for dumb Naruto videos as much as the next white dude into fucking anime but i don't know like i've never gotten into twitter like the the one I, i've gotten into is instagram just because of the dumb it's dumb it's it kills your time I'm, I'm just looking at stupid fight videos and golden retriever videos but i never usually interact with people other than maybe messaging people for information related to comedy but that's why i had instagram in the first place was to try to have an outlet for comedy and not much else. I don't think it's a great way to communicate. Um, and someone with mental illness, I try to minimize those things as much as possible. And they can consume you. When you, I mean, when I, whenever I get an issue like this whole issue, which just genuinely can tend to aggravate me because I think a lot of it is crazy. That's um, coming from someone with a severe mental illness. Uh, I'm like, well, let's make this not crazy. Let's not make this a whole event. And... I mean, you see it now, like with uh, there's tons of things like with men dominating women's sports. Like I have, like fuck those guys. There's differences between men and women. Like there is. I'm not even like I don't even like to have the conversation anymore, with people. Because if you don't believe that, like that's a fundamental thing. And I know this because I'm a more masculine guy. I do a lot of masculine things. And when I don't hang out, like I have two friends, two gay friends who are girls. I miss hanging out with them when I don't get to hang out with them a ton because they're different. Like I like hanging out with guys because they're guys. And then I like to go hang out with girls sometimes because they're girls. And it, if everyone was the same, I would just hang out with dudes all the time. I do plenty of things with only this majority dudes. But there's a difference. I also grew up with a brother and a sister. Um, and I'm a more masculine guy. My sister was a girl. There's fucking differences. And I can't believe we're having this conversation. Um, and I can't believe it's gone on for so long, especially in sports. Like part of me gets riled up about this stuff as I am in this video is just talking about it. Like what the fuck? Like why even have women's sports? Why not just get rid of one and everyone play together if we're the same? I start, I've started to understand it more and I, I'm more sympathetic, I think, because I found out that a lot of people in this situation or who support these types of things they're often women who are very compassionate people and they want everything to be equal and people to just be okay and loved and i can i i have to learn and remind myself of that because that's super cool and it's an aspect of myself that as a more masculine guy sometimes i don't always have that in me um but like anything to the extreme is toxic and that's at some point and this is where i think we're going to look back at history as what toxic femininity is, is this hyper-compassionate 
compassion's good, especially when you're raising infants or little kids. But past a certain point, I think it's where you do need a more masculine role to set boundaries. And I was just talking to my mom earlier today, like, and this is not a diss. Um, I work at a government office and I sort the mail and uh, one of my superiors came down, like, hey, you didn't do these pieces of mail right. And she came to me and I was like, okay, tell me, like, what did I do wrong? How, how can I, what did I do wrong? What can I learn from this? How can I do better in the future? And to me, because when she came up to me, she was like, um, I don't mean to, you know, very, very kind and sweet, but I'm like, just tell me what I did wrong. I don't really care. Like, I just want to know so I can do my job better in the future. I wasn't thinking about it. But then I talked to one of my coworkers who I'm very close with, um, not just coworkers, but friends. And she told me that when people come and correct her behavior, it's very hard on her. And she knows it's not critique of her but it just stresses her out and after talking to my mom and other women in my life that is very common amongst women and as a guy I didn't think about that because I've worked construction where I'm having a dude scream at me the whole fucking day um and where they don't be like hey you made a mistake like, you fucking did this shit right go fucking over there go fucking fix it right fucking now and you're like okay cool I mean you don't like being yelled at but that's a part of it I'm, and I'm not casting a value judgment on either side saying um you know women need to tough it up or or you know men need to soften i'm just describing my own experiences because i thought that was super interesting i didn't think about that i think that probably has to do with the fact that women on average are more neurotic than men so they're more sensitive to negative emotions so that would indicate that but it made me very i didn't know how hard that was for some women like, I'm a person who's been a problem child my whole life. I'm very used to being screamed at. And I had a very loud dad. Um, I'm, I'm used to that type of thing. And I also want my own behavior to be called out so I can learn. But some people struggle more with that. And that's fine. It's nice we have these different aspects. But this is also just a difference between men and women. Um, and I think this compassion for people probably does come from uh, this hyper-compassion from being more... You know, more neurotic and more agreeable. It's good to a point, but you know, you I think you need to rein it in and sometimes realize like sometimes life is life, you're not gonna fix things. There's gonna be a lot of fucked up things. And not that we shouldn't work to help those who have been disadvantaged, but you also have to have standards for people. You can't like there's also like we need merit meritocratic system some people are going to win and some people are going to lose joe rogan's always said that you're never gonna have a quality of outcome because you're never gonna have a quality of effort and the more i go through life i realize that i'm a very hard-working person i'm going to do this podcast i'm going to go train muay thai i just worked all day that's who i am and i'm not i don't even consider myself the hardest worker i've met people who work way harder than me um but i do work hard and when people get better results like in comedy i see a lot of my friends who start at me but they've worked harder or put more time into it they're further along and obviously it's frustrating but like yeah they should get it they're funny they've worked for, on it and i think men are more comfortable in general with winners and losers um and i do think that comes from hunter and gatherer where men would go out hunting and you just want the best person in charge you don't you know because you just want to live and women would say back at camp where it, taking care of kids and stuff was more egalitarian um so I think that's where the head stuff comes in. There's very competitive women. I know them. Um, I know some, it's my sister's probably one of them. But on a whole, 
like you need mer- merit and you, you we really should strive for a, a quality of opportunity to help all people have equal opportunity but like and this is i guess i have no audience for this type of reason but uh and i used to work with a kid from and when i was in austin who grew up in like the hood the hood of austin um and it was interesting because i didn't know about it so i asked him about it and i noticed he wasn't a very driven person uh very nice guy nothing against that i'm also a very driven person so there's stark contrast and i realized and i don't know if it's i think growing up in those areas where there's less opportunity there's less fathers there's a lot of reasons that are not their fault but they're nonetheless reasons um because i asked him i was like hey man what do you what do you you know i was about to leave like what do you have plans like what what are your goals in life and he's like i just want to win the lottery and he was kind of saying in a comic you know comedic sort of way and i didn't ask him this but i was like okay when you win the lottery then what like what are you gonna do with your life and developing those goals and working towards things you know why they well he didn't have all the opportunities you did obviously he grew up in the hood i grew up in middle upper middle class it's different things but i still worked hard for the stuff i got and you know i hope that we can develop programs that can help people in these areas have the same opportunities i do but even if you do like some people are gonna rise to the top and some people aren't i think that's just kind of life and there's 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 a balance to each and if you want something like work for it and don't also if you are not a person who doesn't like to work really hard learn to be okay with what you got and if you don't want if you want more than what you got work for it don't it's that it's it's simple like that and obviously it's not that simple because like i said there's other factors i was just bringing an example but you do you have to develop systems of merit because like i don't want this i want the best person if i'm having surgery to do my surgery i don't want the oh person who was passed because it was too hard i heard another thing today where a bunch of professors a professor was fired um and this was a couple years ago or something for making the test too hard in organic chemistry i don't know if any most people know like organic chemistry is a bitch of a class it's supposed to be hard and we weed people out like that's that's like kind of the th- the point of it and this teacher gave every opportunity for the students to succeed it was during covid which is difficult but and the students complained uh, or like a small segment of a 300 class like less than a third wrote a letter and got this like longtime professor fired and i've been in a class my last semester i had a class that was so freaking hard that the teacher did end up having to change the the syllabus to to meet demands and i'm not professors can make things too hard but one thing is i really respected the guy because he did take time to address our concerns um he didn't run away and i'm glad we didn't the way he changed things was to make some people succeed and then others it was handled in a different way rather than getting the guy fired. Like I wouldn't have wanted the guy to be fired because he was obviously a, a smart dude. Um, his class was way too difficult. But even then, most of the students I talked to didn't want him fired. They wanted the course changed. And, you know, that's what we got. And this, this, this case of like, well, it's too hard. It's like, yeah, you're in college now, especially in organic chemistry. If it was a base class like Gen Chem or something like that, I could get it for the class is way too hard. What's going on here? 
but to get them fired because it's too hard, like, yeah. I remember that happened to me in physics. I broke down crying in the exam. I nearly got kicked out because I was getting so mad at it. I mean, I never asked for the exam to be easier. I tried to do things better, and then when I failed, I fucking failed. I was like, I couldn't do this. I better find something else I can do or put more time into it to figure it out. Like, the world's not going to be handed to you on a platter. It's going to be competitive, especially in those arenas. And you don't want that to change because then you get shittier things and shittier services, and no one wants that. I want to end this off because I want to do. I do need to end this. Uh, kind of gone back and forth in some. Uh, I mean, it's a crazy world, and try to find something that interests you and work hard at it, and don't expect things to be given to you, because then they're not as rewarding too. And learn to learn to learn from your failures like if you're failing at something maybe it's not for you maybe you don't really like it that's what i didn't realize i wanted to go into electrical engineering and i realized i didn't really like physics i struggled with it and it was hard could have i done it if i put in all the time and the effort i think so i'll never know now but i realized do i want to and the answer was no and kind of found my way into comedy uh from there and maybe being a doctor is not for you do you want to be a doctor because you want the prestige of being a doctor or do you like to save people's lives and something you really want and even if it's something you really want sometimes you don't get to have it the world doesn't mean it's bad you'll find a new path maybe it'll be more fun anyway until next time